Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to another episode about us, but it's for you. (laughs) Today, Crystal and I are going to be talking about something that is a part of identity that is important to us. We realize that it has affected how we move in this world, and that is being and identifying as Latina. Yes. Dominican stand up. And I guess Colombians too, because Sasha's Colombian. <laughs> Yo. Why I always feel like <laughs> like this, like, I don't know. Like we're I always feel like we are. you're so cool. No, but you know what it is? When you do that, it brings me back to like grade school. I'm like, yo, is Columbia not good enough? <laughs> oh, well, we'll, like, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Because <laughs> like, yo, like when I grew up in school, like Dominicans were the shit. And like, I have really? to give it to Dominicans. Like you guys are the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember on Dominican Independence Day, people would like the kids would bring platanos to school, like a whole ass platano, like. And be like, you know, they use it as their phone. Like, hello. Like, it was math funny. Like, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> Yo, <Like>, hella extra. <laughs> hella extra, yeah. And it just, I feel like, I don't know. Like, Queens can never measure up. Columbia can never measure up. Like, fuck, man. I feel like I'm slacking out here. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm always going to, like, go super duper hard. But on the low, I, I do have a confession about being Dominican. But I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for the episode. Um, Before we get to <laughs> Because I feel like we're already starting. Like, the Latina in us is so excited right now. Um, But before we even get started, I do kind of want to take a small step back and do a check-in for today. So, Sasha, my love, how are you? Uh, You know, like, it's hard because, like, I there's this part of me that always wants to be on point with how I'm doing and, like, how I express that. But I'm not, you know, I'm not okay. I am confused as fuck. I always go, you know, I go back and forth in regards to how honest do I want to be, but like I find the value in, in just being transparent. So I'm having relationship issues and it, it's, yo, being in a relationship is hard. You know, like when you're little and you're like, oh, the prince is going to save me. And then you don't want a fucking prince to save you when you get older. And then it's not like no one prepares you for this. And I'm just going through like, I, I wonder if there's some people like, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Right. Like not yet. <laughs> but I'm just, <laughs> I am just, I'm going through the motions uh, in my relationship right now. Um, communication is a big fucking deal. And knowing yourself is a big fucking deal. And I am just going to advise everybody who does not really know themselves. Like you sit down and like, like, yo, just, just figure out who you are, figure out how you're going to bring that to the table and be honest with your partner. And and that doesn't even have to be like boyfriend, girlfriend, or partners, like spousal people, like spouses. It could be friendships, uh, family members, like you'll figure out who you are. That's where I'm at right now. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I, girl, I felt like you just preached. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think for, for me right now, I, I'm also not doing very well, like on a personal level. Um, so I feel like I've been going through, through waves because I feel like every week there's probably on my check-in and my emotions are like completely different. I will say this week, I'm not feeling too great. I think that a lot of the stuff from my past that has really been integral into shaping who I am as a person, kind of going back to explore those things and facing those things has been really difficult because I am someone who my coping mechanism, like my way of kind of like trying to function in this world is to just repress the difficult things and kind of like push through and push forward. And I've been forced not in a bad way like this is a a voluntary thing um where I've kind of like okay like it's time to stop avoiding these bigger issues but just kind of feeling like okay like now you can't avoid it now you got to sit down and now you have to like actually think about it and it's just bringing up so much stuff so much stuff and it does feel a little bit overwhelming a little bit scary um I'm happily walking through this journey and and kind of like walking into those things that I've been holding back but it has come with a lot of anxiety and tears and we'll we'll talk about it I feel like we always say like we'll talk about it in a later episode but I promise we will yeah um and we'll kind of uh we got some surprises in terms of other ideas that we have for this podcast so we'll we'll keep you posted you'll hear a little more about it yeah this is definitely not the end because um me and Crystal could talk <laughs> So we're going to do it one way or another. It's going to eventually come out and then we're going to keep talking about it. And that is why I love you because, yo, you are willing to do the work. You just said it. I'm happy to walk through and I'm like, don't lie. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like, <laughs> it's not easy to walk through. But like, it's not. you mean like, it's not like you're like skipping and jump roping Absolutely through like the path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you meant. Uh, but I heard happy. I was like, uh <laughs> I'm happy to be brave enough to finally be, you yes. know, get through it. Yes. Yes. And I'm, and I'm proud of you. So Thank you. I think that's a big deal. And that's what I'm talking about. You're very welcome. That's what I'm talking about when I say know yourself and figure it out. Like that's the work, right? Mm-hmm. All right. We're done preaching for the day. Uh, <laughs> but let's get back to how somehow I just feel like Dominicans are always cooler than Colombians. But like, yo, I love my Colombian people. Can we just get back to that for a second? And I love what we bring to the table. And it's just like, yo, but like Dominicans, I don't know. We're just so different. But I just never feel like I'm as cool as everybody in the room when it's just Dominicans. But you know what's funny? Um, Because you said that like, I guess uh, in Queens, and I'm I'm obviously not from Queens, Brooklyn stand up, like, let's go. But I feel like, and not that it wasn't cool to be Dominican in Brooklyn, but I remember in Brooklyn, there was this whole like DR versus PR thing. So it was kind Mm. of always like a battle of who was cooler, who was better. I feel like Dominicans have always been, and maybe this is a a bit of a stereotype, but we've always been a little extra. (laughs) So I feel like (laughs) we kind of always show up like we're the biggest, baddest, greatest um, that there ever was. But I remember like growing up, you know, always feeling like, like, okay, like, who's better? Is it the Dominicans? Is it the Puerto Ricans? Like, how are we going to show up? How are we going to show out? But I think it was also because in my neighborhood, it was a little bit 
So Sunset Park, Brooklyn, in the 80s, 90s, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But it was a lot more Puerto Rican, like, of a neighborhood. And it wasn't until, like, the later 90s, early 2000s, um, where it started to get mixed. But I feel like now it's more Mexican or South and Central American. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't go to school in Sunset Park anymore because I'm graduated. <laughs> thank goodness. So I don't know what, what it is now, but I remember, I think because there was such a heavy Puerto Rican population, there was always like that, who was better, who was there first, like who had the most pride and the Puerto Rican, like the, after the Puerto Rican day parade, you know how there's always like another parade after like the big, like New York parade, Mm -hmm. the Puerto Rican parade was in sunset. Like the, like part two of the parade was in sunset. So I felt like it was always this, like, you know, like the Puerto Ricans had it. (laughs) Yo, first of all, you touched on two major things uh, (laughs) on what it is. Like, just by your story, I'm being, you know, we say Latina because, like, that's the gender. We, I, I guess Latinx, right? But we are women and we do I consciously identify as Latina. But first, you were talking about Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, right? And that brought me to this thought. I was like, yo, like, when I meet people, they can tell I'm Spanish. Like, they're like, oh, you're Spanish, right? But, yo, I immediately get, like, Dominican, Puerto Rican. And then they'll give me that, oh, you're Mexican? And it's like, no, there are other countries in this world. (laughs) There are other Spanish-speaking countries in this world other than Dominican, Puerto Rican, and Mexican. So I feel like that's one issue because, like, Mm. people just lump us into those three countries. Oh, absolutely. And then the worst part is when I tell them I'm, I'm like, I identify as Colombian, they're like, oh, so you got that good stuff, right? Like, right. <laughs> like, let me get a little of that white powder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's really annoying. I'm laughing about it, but you know, like, I think that what it, it's just the idea of being Latinx. It's so big because we have so many countries. I, I can't give you the number of the countries that speak Spanish, but there's so many countries that speak Spanish, and South America is absolutely huge. And then you have Central America and then you have the Caribbean and then you have the Spanish people here in the United States. So it's just too big to actually generalize. But I do have an issue that, you know, this is like the one thing that we always get like, oh, you Dominican, Puerto Rican or Mexican. And it's like, yo, you don't know about my culture. Like you don't know how what being Colombian means to me or what like I don't know what being Dominican means to you. Right. Second thing that I want to bring up is the partying. That is something (laughs) I can't speak for all Spanish-speaking countries. But, yo, when I think about being Latina, like that party after the party, that's exactly what we do. Like, we are known to party. We are known to, like, go in. We love to party. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Like, I I always say, like, I'll have kids and I'll still be going out to the club if I can. <laughs> like, yo, like, and, and the worst part is, is that you would think I'm tired of it. I've been clubbing since I was 15, but it's like, mm-mm. Like, as long as there's Spanish music, give me some reggaeton, give me some salsa, bachata. Like, I am good. I'm happy. That's my happy place. I don't know if it's a stereotype or not, but, yo, I know we love to party. I think for me, when I was just kind of, like, reflecting on being Latina, the whole partying thing was a big one. Like, I remember the house parties back in the day. Yo, First of all, it was, like, a one- or two-bedroom apartment with, like, 50 of your closest fucking family and relatives. Like, how the fuck (laughs) everybody fit is still beyond me. Like, how we managed to do that shit is 
is insane to me. And then there's always kids running around because they manage to find the little nooks and crannies of spaces where they could kind of like yep. zoom in, flying in, or they're hanging out in the coat room. You know that the bedroom where all yep. the coats are piled. On the bed. Yeah, and then the parents will occasionally come in to make sure you're not doing anything bad, so they don't whoop your ass. Like right. you know that look, like oh, what are you doing? You know, yes, like, uh, you got yeah. you got to keep an eye on them because remember when we were little, I was trifling. Like you definitely had to keep an eye on. <laughs> I I was always up to no good. And then, <laughs> and then next to the speaker, you'd find the baby in a coche. <laughs> Knock the fuck out. Like, Knock the baby. Ow. Like, yo, like that baby is like, how is that baby even sleepy right now? Like, literally, the music is blaring in their ears, like, always. So, I, I and I feel like we always found an excuse to party birthdays, oh, holidays, yeah. like, any anytime i think it was just uh, an opportunity to get together to feel joy um to kind of just forget everything else that was going on and then you know and i feel like we're also also super resourceful it was usually potluck style in my house it was like okay mm-hmm. you know my mom was making like the lasagna the panini the rice i don't know if that was actually what she was making but i'm just making making it up and then like my aunt was making you know the salad and the chicken and you know like it was always this I felt like it it did give me a sense of like community and joy and coming together. So I, I feel like that I, I do agree with you with the party stuff. I think for me my experience was growing up when it came to family, just about kind of like coming together and experiencing that. When it comes to the club, on the other hand, I think we just love a good time, yo. Like <laughs> like who yeah. doesn't who doesn't love a good time? Like, you know, our music is popping. So I will say that to me Oof. about being Latina. The music, it just moves you. First of all, you'd be listening to a bachata. I'm hella single. But sometimes I'd be listening to bachatas <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, he left me. And I'm like, girl, like you who left you? <laughs> Nobody was here to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny because we are a passionate ass people. Like yes. we're just passionate. Yes. And of course that's gonna affect you how you move in this world. Like, yo, when don't get me started. Like when you when I I I can be very stereotypical Latina when you get into a fight with me. I'm like, da, 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 da. and you got me feeling like this. And how dare you make me feel like this? And yo, I won't stop until my fire's out. I don't know. Like, I really do feel like culturally, like it just resonates within me to just go hard. Like if go hard or go home. Right. Like, and I do think that our culture does that. It's all about being together. And if you're not together, what the fuck else you got? Right. right. So it, even the songs, if you think about like the those like old merengues and like the salsas and you know, and even like recently Bad Bunny, right? Like there's this feel of being together, partying together. Um, because I think also what that's speaking to is like a strong family value that we grow up with, no matter who the fuck your family is. Right. Yeah, I do I do absolutely agree with that. I think that for me, um, as you were talking like, you know, like, I'm very proud to be Latina, and sometimes I feel like I don't... Like, all of these great things that you're saying, sometimes I'm like, ooh, like, I'm not the fiery one that's gonna, like, go off on you if, you know, cross me or anything like that. Um, but that's as a result of, like, my past and things that have happened to me that kind of, kind of dulled or lulled that. But so I think, like, for me, it does kind of make me feel like 
am I Latina enough? And then in terms of the family values piece, I absolutely do think that that's a big one. I think because, you know, and we kind of, I, I remember touching upon this a little bit in the first generation episode, when it comes to, when it comes to that, like, especially like if you're immigrants or you're just getting here, like family is all you have, especially when mm. you've left the majority of them, you know, in another country or, or you still like ride or die for your family, like no matter what. Cause I, again, I had mentioned in the first gen episode, like in my building, it was like multiple families living in that building. And I could walk to, um, to a lot of my family members building. So I think that family is a very big core value. And even if you're feuding or having issues with the family, do not, it's kind of like, you know, like when people fight, want to fight with, with your siblings and it's like, only I could fight with my sibling, but I will like knock you out. Like I will fight you for, (laughs) for my sibling. And I feel like that's the same thing. in like the Latino family as a whole, like, you know, like we might be fighting with each other, but don't fucking fuck with us. Like we'll come Mm -hmm. for you. You know, I think that's why we did first gen first, uh, like that episode first, because it's overarching. And then Mm -hmm. the being like that being Latina feeling like it does come from our parents' roots and it, it lives within us and it's and I think that is essentially something that I also look for to recreate like if I'm gonna have a family it's you know to be quite frank for me I enjoy coming together like I you know my partner is Colombian and there's so much that I thoroughly enjoy about having those similarities and having our families understand each other in their dysfunctional way but like yo we get it because because that's part of that experience of like oh you have this Colombianness. And you understand my experience as a first gen, like it's, it feels good. Like, and that, and I want my children to have that experience culturally uh, because it's just like, yo, it really fills my soul to identify as Latina, which is funny because I don't know if I've said it up until this point, but that is how I identify, but I'm a whole other half. My father's Greek. (laughs) (laughs) And yo, like my father's Greek. But my mom is Colombian and he didn't grow up in the house. Like he wasn't there in the house with us. I didn't grow up with him. My mom was very Hispanic. Like, yo, Sunday morning was the day to clean. And you would hear boleros, salsa, selena. Like you would hear whatever the fuck she was in the mood to hear. But that's how you knew it's time to clean, right? It's time to get your ass up and clean with mommy. Because if not, she's going to be mad. And your ass is going to get whooped um, if you don't. So I, and I also lived in Spanish neighborhoods my whole life. Mm. Like I grew up Jackson Heights. There's literally a sign on 82nd Street. I think, oh my God, I got the Columbians are gonna get at me right now. I think it's called Little Columbia, if I'm not mistaken. Uh I know it has Columbia somewhere in the name, but it's just like that was what I saw all the time. And it was really easy for me to to choose that over my Greekness, right? Like, yeah, there are parts of me that are Greek, but like I really am a whole ass Hispanic person, in my opinion. Like I'm just very tied to what we, what we bring as a cult, a culture. And I don't think I want to let that go. I think I forget that you're half Greek sometimes. So I do agree that you fully embrace the Latina in you. And, and that's really like your main identity when thinking about like, okay, like I'm half Greek, I'm half Colombian. I also do wonder, there's a part of me that wonders because you're not the only person that I know who's like, half Latina, half something else. Um, and I feel like what what ends up happening, what I've noticed is if you're whatever, ha- like especially if like parents are divorced or not together, whatever 
like family you grew up with that tends to be the one that you identify with the most so I I mean we can't go to the past but I'd be curious to like know like if your if your father had you know been more present or you you know spend weekends and stuff like that with him like if that would have made a difference I do feel like you fully embrace the Colombian family aspect and I've spent time with your family and I do feel like they're very Colombian I've enjoyed being exposed to Colombian culture I I had someone take me to little Colombia at one point and oh. I'm, I <laughs> and it was nice like it's just nice to, especially with Queens because I feel like you could travel the world in Queens like literally never leave the borough I mean actually can we edit this Which out I don't why I don't we need, are so I don't awesome. need any don't take it back all right let's continue <laughs> I'm ed- I'm gonna edit this episode. I'm gonna edit this whole section out. Uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but I know you're not gonna do it, so I'm not gonna do it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I think I've I've appreciated even being exposed to different cultures. It's very similar in terms of like what you said, like the family values is really big. Um, but the food. Well, first of all, the portions are still huge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Can we just stop for a second? That is no, I'm gonna stop right there. That is a part of being I could I don't know who else relates to this, but I can definitely say that's a part of being like Latina. Yo, that's why I was fat when I was little, because my parent like my mom and (laughs) my mom, everybody swore I wasn't eating enough. It was like, yo, I I think they needed to cut back on my plate. Like they needed to give me half the portion. It's like "Mm -mm, healthy, healthy children eat the whole plate. And it's like, no, healthy children eat what their little stomachs can handle. (laughs) But okay, continue. So sorry. The plate (laughs) portions. No. Well, when I went to uh, Little Columbia, I was like, okay, so y'all are also doing a lunch. This is is the lunch special. The freaking lunch special Mm -hmm. could feed like two whole people. And I'm like, yo, so like, I guess culturally speaking, we're not different, but I have enjoyed, you know, like there's like, I think like overarching themes that like across being Latino are, are the same. And I think that there are like more intricacies that go into, you know, being Colombian and being Dominican that uh, do set us apart. So even to bring it back to an earlier point that you said before that we're not all just Puerto Rican, Dominican and Mexican, because I feel like when you think about Latinos, like you have a very people have a very limited view of like who mm-hmm. we are and, you know, or have grouped us into like stereotypes of who we are without really realizing like all of the intricacies, the differences, the traditions, like the beauty of each individual like country and what they bring. Oh, yes. It's interesting. And then there are things that are very similar across the board and kind of like how we spoke already, like that is partying. Like I think that, you know, the Latinx community as a whole, we're just known to spend money and party I forgot where I read this, but I, I know that we make a whole lot of, of the economy. Like, I'm not an, an economist. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to, do not quote me, but I know that a lot of the economy depends on the the Latinx, the community, like how we we show up and what we put out there. And I, I do think that we're more likely to spend money on having fun, partying, uh, which it rubs me the wrong way sometimes because I'm trying to like make something I'm trying to make like kind of like generational wealth for my kids at this point in my life right so it's like how are you gonna do that if you're just having fun <laughs> yeah but I think also I maybe this is over generalizing I think that Latinx people do make up a good 
portion of the U.S. population. But when you think about people who have wealth or people who are in the middle class, like Latinx people don't fall in those, you know, like a lot of times, a lot of Latinx people are of lower income. So I think that I, you know, I feel like, okay, like, so when we have a little bit of money and we can go out and have a little bit of fun, I'm for it, you know, like, okay, like, and now are you popping bottles in the club and now you can't pay your rent? That's a problem. Um, I hope that that's not yeah. the case. But I think like when it comes to, you know, just kind of like enjoying life and partying. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to our culture, like eating, music, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things are are part of who we are. And how do you kind of keep that and celebrate that and take joy in that? And I think partying is one of those one of those things. Absolutely, it is. But yo, come to my house. Everybody cook a dish. Everybody BYOB. And we keep it in frugal. <laughs> I feel like, like there's probably a lot of that too. I also feel like there's there's probably mixed into the partying. Again, this is my theory. This is my hypothesis. There's no science to back this up. Or at least I haven't read anything. Um, I think there's also a little bit of pride that goes into being able to you know, go out to a club and put on a hot ass outfit, like, you know, like put on your best, Mm -hmm. you know, your best shoes, things like that, and going out to the club and partaking in that. Because I think that, of course, I I love a good house party and, you know, being frugal, but you also want to feel like, I don't know how to say it, that you can go out and show off too, you know, like it's not just about like always saving money and I get that. You know, like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old or because I used to work at a club, actually. Well, restaurant slash club. And it was predominantly Latino. And, you know, I mean, not predominant. It was all Latino. What am I saying? And, you know, like I, I would see I, I never I told I started clubbing at an early age and it's just kind of shifted, in my opinion, like how people party and like the showiness of it. Like, I feel like we need to take it down a notch and just like bring it back to basics, like we get it. You have a banging body, whether, you know, you worked really hard for it. I mean, technically you're working really hard for it both ways. And I am, I am all for you you doing whatever you want. (laughs) I'm all for spending money to look good, but at what cost, right? Like, are we, you know, I do think culturally we we're not taught to think about the future and how to implement some kind of wealth, right? Like whether you buy a house, whether like you have investments, like what are you doing, you know, to, to like think for your future, like your children, like so that they don't have to start from where we started. And I don't know, maybe that's the first gen thing. But for me, that I feel very strongly about it with, within the Latinx culture. Yes, I agree with you in that regard. I, I think like thinking back to to first gen, um, I think at the end of the episode, I was like, you know, like second gen people, like, let me know. <laughs> let me know what it's like. Because I think like for me, I've always, obviously, I've always been first gen, will always be first gen. So I don't know. I think like for, for our parents, it was kind of like, okay, well, get yourself to, you know, to whatever the next place is. I don't know if they were thinking necessarily generational wealth because for them it was kind of like wealth seemed out of their reach. Yeah. It seemed out of their scope. So I think like it is, I at least for me, I'll take personal responsibility. It is my responsibility to now build that generational wealth and kind of like, you know, I might not be the richest, but I want to at least have enough to put my children in a better position so that they can they can keep building it and I think that because a lot of us are new to this country as opposed to people who have been in this country for generations and generations like we are kind of starting from scratch like it is hard to to do that and I think when it comes to to the party and stuff like that to to bring it back to like what we were talking about 
I wonder how many people are even thinking about generational wealth when I think like all you've had to think about was survival, especially when you think about um, Latinx people in America. It's always been like, okay, like we need to make enough money to pay rent. We need to do enough to do this, to do that. I think like sometimes like how far out do you think when you've always had to think about like the struggle? So that's why I feel like maybe that's that's what it is. Like you want to have a little bit of you know, partying and fun and you want to be showy. I also feel like maybe this is me over. I'll speak for Dominicans. I feel like Dominicans live to show off, like roll up to a club. I feel like, so I live in Inwood and so it's like Washington Heights and then Inwood, right? Like in terms of neighborhood. So I feel like Washington Heights gives me like true heart of Dominican Republic. Mm. Um, like you're going to, you know, you're going to find all of your Dominican staples at the supermarket, you know, get all of that stuff. Once you step into Inwood, because Inwood is a little more known for partying. I call it bougie DR. Like, because <laughs> here, because <laughs> here, when I, you know, when I come here, like now, I'll, like, I'll be in my house and I'm getting ready to go. I don't really go out to the club like that no more. I don't think club, club like, I love a good night out dancing, but like consistent clubbing was never, mm. never my thing. But like I'll be in my in my house, I'll be in the mirror, like, damn girl, you fine. Look at that makeup, that eyeshadow, like you slayed, like you you got this, like you're gonna be the center of attention. I'll be going out to the club and would be like, bitch, you look like a twelve year old boy. Like you better take But because over here, like women, it's long straight hair, big boobs, big butt freaking 24 mm. inch waist like and i'm like and i'm i'm you know like i have my my natural curves but i there's no there's no competing with any of that um and they're like popping bottles and and all that stuff i'd be curious i feel like i want to do if i was a researcher i definitely want to do a study of like the culture in inwood because i find it so different from when i grew up in sunset wow. also like i said before like sunset has you know went from being predominantly puerto rican to like there was a, a big like mexican like a wave of like mexican people moving in and now it does feel a little south and central american and here like this is really dominican like you know inwood and washington heights are getting gentrified but like at its core they're both very dominican neighborhoods and i think that coming here and being exposed to dominican culture like on a 24 7 basis has made me feel like am i dominican enough like i feel like uh i'm i'm consistently scared (laughs) <laughs> that I'm going to have my Dominican card taken away from me. So I'd be hiding in my apartment, hoping nobody notices. Um, you know, every once in a while, blast bachata so they know. Uh, <laughs> they know Dominican lives here, but I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm not as Dominican as y'all. Like, don't come for me, please. <laughs> you know what's so funny, though? Because I see you, to me, you just look straight up Dominican. From the day that I met you, I was like, oh, she's Dominican. Culturally, like, obviously, you know, we're smaller groups. Like, we have this thing, this air about us, right? And to me, you're just... And I, and my Dominican radar is on point because I think I'm Dominican, apparently. Uh, because I grew up... I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I think Sasha's more Dominican than me. Like, I feel like I'm going to leverage you. I'll be like, between Sasha and I, we're Dominican enough. Don't take away my Dominican <laughs> well, you, know, you know, it's funny because as you were talking, I'm like, fuck, I know I identify as Colombian. Um, because my mom's Colombian and there's a lot of pride in culturally, like what I think... 
Colombia has to offer. I love the, first of all, I love our our dancing. I, I love the way we speak. I love how we show up. I love our manners. I love the fact that like women in, not just women, but men and women, there's this like expectation for you to show up as your best self. And there's a little bougie part of me that is like, yeah, I'm going to show up as my best self. And a lot of people take it as like, oh, she's like, how do you say it in English? Like privona. Oh, like my yeah, nose is like- in the air kind of thing yeah 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 I'm not better than anyone it's just like I I own a lot of those things um I take a lot of pride in myself as being Latina and that was a choice however there was a part of my life where you know I was younger and I I wasn't Colombian enough because I was mixed and I was showing up in the with the Colombian people but like there's things I don't like about them either like I remember in high school the Colombian crew would always hang out together. And it was like the best thing. And I was just like, ah, you're all right. And like, and that was in high school is when I met my Dominican boyfriend. He was older than me. And we were, he exposed me to Dominican culture. And I never once had to question like, am I enough? Yeah, we're all family oriented and stuff, but not every culture has open arms for the different cultures within, mm. within our world. I always think like Dominicans adopted me. And I love your culture. I love your food. I love your I love your music. I love the way you guys party. Yo, they're hands down. Dominicans are the funniest people ever. Day to day where they're not getting paid for this shit. That's it. Like you guys win. Cause like <laughs> I know if it's Dominicans in the room, I'm gonna be laughing. And that's fucked up to say. Cause it's like, yo, are we only entertainers? No. <laughs> but like there's just something about the way you move in life and like the the philosophy like that I think culturally that we adopt that there's a lot of joy to it and and I and like going back and going back to what I was saying like I think that every country has their thing right and then for us to get grouped in together just like I feel like that's unfair I agree I do kind of want to to go back to what you said um and hopefully you can talk a little bit more about it about not being Colombian enough because I know like just personally from knowing you that that was a bit of a journey I don't know if you mind like sharing that because I think that's an important piece of you know like who you are and your identity you know yeah like I think so yes you're right and thank you for bringing that up I think that a lot of us wherever you're from right you don't necessarily have to identify with a Latinx country it could be wherever you have pride in these are things that we own and this is what we mean like we didn't know we owned it but it just kind of gets placed onto us like because our parents have it right if you're Dominican and Dominican like your two parents are Dominican yo you're gonna rep that shit like it's yours because that's all you know but for me there was this like and I think this happens a lot with you know I call myself bicultural, like people who have different cultures or people who are biracial, where you you understand the two worlds separately. And it almost and it's very difficult to mesh them together because they're so different. So for me, when I was younger, like I was always outside of myself looking at my worlds and thinking like, oh, look at what they have here and look at what they have there. Right. I didn't mean to identify as Colombian, but like we just happened to grow up in a neighborhood where most of my friends were Colombian. And they would remind me that I'm not enough, right? Like, oh, your accent's off. Or, oh, you didn't know that word. Or, oh, you don't watch this novela. Because, like, there's this big beef between, like, I think there is. Like, there was when I was little. Uh, like, between Colombian novelas and Mexican telenovelas. So, but, mm. yeah. But, like, first of all, hands down, Colombian telenovelas are, like, the fucking shit. Aside from all the misogynistic crap that I'm looking back on now. But... <laughs> I feel like, so I grew up on Mexican novelas. I don't know what Colombian novelas are like, but Mexican novelas brought the drama. Ooh! 
But anyways, go continue. <laughs> Colombian novelas were just like drama filled and it felt like you were watching a movie and like, so much emotion. And But I felt like the Mexican telenovelas were it just, it was all very cookie cutter. It was the same story, mm. different actors, different setting, you know. But Colombian telenovelas, I remember there was this one, like it was called um, Adrián está de visita. Like that means like Adrian is visiting. And yo, it was mad fucking weird. Like the whole telenovela, you're like, who the fuck is Adrian? And then you find out that Adrian is visiting this family because he's the son of this rich guy. And like, this is why he came to fuck shit up. And you find out all the way at the end. So it's like, that was the plot, right? Like, so it's different. Wow. Yeah. So what what role did the novelas play, I guess, in, in being Colombian for you? Did you have to, like, watch the novelas be like, yo, I got to bring that Adrián energy <laughs> to, like, my friendships? <laughs> so I think the role that it played for me wasn't necessarily like, oh, I couldn't wait to watch it. I started watching telenovelas so I could learn how to speak Spanish better so that I could mm. be more Colombian, right? So it, it's so weird how that works. Like, I had to choose to actively participate in this culture and it wasn't something that it just kind of came to me because I lived in a very different world where like my mother spoke English my mother's not very Colombian-esque in the sense like how you would imagine a Colombian mother to be if you do know how they look or like what we think they would look she was very Americanized and she for a long time she like rejected her own culture and like I would just speak to her in English and then I wanted to be a part of an in-group and so I related most with the Colombian culture because I knew the music and like I was always big on Spanish music. Like that's to this day, that's what I know most. Like I like all kinds of music, but my shit is Spanish music, right? So it was a little, it was confusing. It was definitely confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like you brought up a few things. I think, you know, not being enough of whatever, which we kind of have been talking about a little bit about me not being Dominican enough or, you know, like not showing up as being enough of a culture. But I think also something that is very rampant in the Latinx community is if you don't know Spanish, then you're not enough of whatever. Like, it doesn't matter, like, what country you're from. You're not enough because you don't know the language. And I think that when it comes to being Latinx, I think the language is such a big piece of who we are as well because that's, like, how we express ourselves. That's the language that, you know, our music is in. And I think that for a very long time, knowing Spanish or knowing Spanish well, or speaking properly, or, you know, or speaking, you know, slang, or what, whatever the case may be, language has always, I feel like has always been a very big deciding factor on whether or not you're, you're Latino enough, you're Latina enough, Latinx, however it is that you identify. So I think that the fact that you needed to learn Spanish, or kind of watch the novelas to get your Spanish up, is a huge, like, it's a huge piece of fitting in and, and being enough. And I know Spanish. Um, I Spanish, I get a little nervous because I'm like, ooh, like my Spanish isn't great. <laughs> um, you know, like, so I can speak it, I can hold myself down, but like, I, I wouldn't be up there with like scholars <laughs> in terms of, you know, being oh, no. my Spanish being that great. Definitely not. I'm definitely not up there with scholars. Um, and that's something that's always, that that's like on my bucket list to like learn how to speak intelligently in Spanish, right? Like, because I can speak very, like, and I'll do therapy in Spanish, too. Uh, I mean, that's a perk of <laughs> me choosing to be Colombian because, like, now I'm bilingual and, like, employers want people who are bilingual because, you know, we're on the rise as a, as a whole. As a population in the, in the U.S. Exactly. So there's a need, right? And I happen to be in a position where I'm meeting this need and, like, I can give a service 
I'm very thankful for that, for learning how to speak Spanish. But it, it's just interesting and in how it all came together, right? Because like I noticed that my trajectory wasn't the same as other people who are like super proud to be Colombian or super proud to be Dominican, right? Like, so that's why I think that your story also has value to it. Cause like, I feel like there are a lot of people who could relate like, yo, I am Dominican, but I don't fucking like platanos. <laughs> right. So, so this is, this, this is the time where I have to make a confession <laughs> to the listeners of this podcast. So yes, my name is Crystal. I am a proud Dominican, but I do not like mango. <laughs> I said it. I said it. <laughs> I hate mango. I hate the texture. I hate the flavor. I, uh, everything about mango just irks my body and soul. Like, I know the tre golpes, like, you know, the salami, the, the, the onions, like, all of that. Like, all that good stuff. I just, I, I can't. Oh, I don't uh, really give me tostones and give me maduro fritos, like cool. But the mango, like I just, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And people love mango. You don't even need to be Dominican to love mango. I had an ex. He was he. I mean, granted, he's he was our neighbor. He was Haitian. Yo, he would eat mango for breakfast, <laughs> and I'm like. Oh. Like <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so so I think like that that contributes partially to me feeling like not Dominican enough because you know, like you know, there's certain foods like I'm a I'm a very picky eater. So like you know, it's not like oh I just don't like certain Dominican foods. I just there's a lot of foods out there that I don't like, mango being one of them. But like I remember kids going to DR for the summer and they would spend months like in the summer in DR. I'm in DR for a week and I'm like, all right, when's when's our trip back nah. home like yeah and and i'll go to dr and i think like this is also a a, a big like it's a very dominican well i don't know if it's dominican specific but i this has been my experience like when i go to dr i'm american oh yeah like there's you know like there's there's no one's like because you know what it is like for them like i was born there i was raised there like i don't do you, i don't speak spanish the way that they speak spanish over there i don't i don't always feel comfortable doing because i feel like sometimes dominican people are like very go with the flow i'm not always very go with the flow i'm very like type a i'm like i like a plan i like so and and then for them it's like yo we're waking up and like we're going to el rio today and i'm like El Rio is fun. Like I love. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love a trip. But I'm like, I thought we were doing this today, or you know. And then it's just like jump in the back of the car with three other people. And I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> can we like a different car? Can we be comfortable? So like to them, I'm very American. I'm very bougie. I don't like being in DR. Like I, I know my little sister. I don't know if she, she still feels this way. But I remember when my little sister was like elementary school age. She would go to DR and she would cry when we had to come back to the US. Wow. Like she really felt like DR was her home. And she wasn't born there and she was not raised there. Like, but she felt like that connection. And I remember thinking, like, I can't wait to go back to the U.S. And it's not that I didn't love the island. It's not that I don't love, you know, like learning about the history and all of that stuff. It just wasn't where I felt comfortable. So like, and, and now that I'm, you know, because I grew up in Sunset Park and it wasn't predominantly Dominican. There were a lot of Dominican people there. And then now that I'm here, now that I'm in Inwood, I feel like these people are like, yo, like it doesn't matter that we're in the U.S. This is our little DR. So I think that's what makes me feel like I'm not Latina enough or like I'm afraid that someone's going to take my Dominican card away. 
You know, but it's funny, like what I think you're speaking to, it, it is closely tied to, it, it's directly tied to being first gen because yes, even though I chose to be, you know, to identify as Latina and like in you identify as Latina kind of like just by default. Uh, because you are and then you're like I don't know how Latina or Dominican I could be but this is the experience of like living here in the United States so it's very specific to like identifying as a culture living in the United States and then like yo like if you have the opportunity to go back it's like yo people could sell you're from the United States like I remember one time someone told me they were like yo your clothes smell American and I was like oh fuck like (laughs) (laughs) so you know like um because I've listen (laughs) again i love my dominican people i have a lot of friends obviously crystal being one of them who are dominican and i have gone to dr a lot to like and i i have lived the authentic like santo domingo i can't speak for santiago uh, because i also know that there's a huge difference between el cibao and la capital Capital. yeah so i i do know what it's like to to be there and then not feel like you know you're an outsider and like when I would go where my Dominican friend like she was actually born there but she's an outsider now because she's assimilated so much well she's accommodated so much to the American culture and in Colombia it's the same thing in Colombia like people can tell I'm American but then when I open my mouth they're like oh my god your Colombian accent and it's like yo I practice that shit so thank you (laughs) (laughs) but like you're what we're speaking to is solely the identification of owning a culture here in the United States. And that is very Mm. different from if you grow up there. Because like, you know, like even as Dominicans or Colombian people or even Puerto Rican people who grew up, were born in PR versus like the Puerto Ricans here, they're going to be like, "Uh uh-uh. There's a lot of movement between PR and New York. And there's an awareness of this. But there's, there's also still like, nah, I'm Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican. Like I've heard Puerto Ricans from Puerto Rico say that. And it, it so they, we are kind of like separated from like the original country. Like people who grew up in their country, right? Like in, in the actual country. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think it's, you know, what you said about having to like kind of like assimilate a little bit to American culture and kind of like finding that balance of, you know, keeping your cultural traditions and still being part of the U.S. and kind of fitting in here and not standing out. So I would say overall, like, I think we've had a pretty good discussion about our experiences, whether they've been good experiences, bad experience. Well, I don't want to say bad because they're not bad experiences, but challenging experiences. So what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation? How has being Latina shaped who you are as a person and influenced your identity? First, I want to always I want to say that you are so good at like tying it together. Uh, so thank you for that. You know, because it's true. Because I could go on forever and be like, Latinos do this and Colombian people do this and Mexican <laughs> food is the shit. Better. And by the way, Mexican food, Ooh, let's shout yes. out Mexican food because it is the best food. No offense to any other country. I will say, so first of all, can I thank you for, you know, we're going to take it back. We're going to take it back. I will say, Shout out to Mexican people. Shout out to Mexican culture. I think that if I was not Dominican, I would hope that I was Mexican because Mexican cultures, traditions, like, is beautiful. I also feel so terrible that the U.S. has appropriated so much Mm. of Mexican culture. It is insane how much you you got your Taco Bells and and all of that stuff. Yeah. Tex-Mex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, yet you want to build a border wall, yet you want to call them rapists, yet, you know, you want to call them criminals, yet you want to complain that they take your jobs. But here you are taking every little bit of their culture that suits you. You want to celebrate Cinco de Mayo? Do you even know what Cinco de Mayo means? Most of Mexico does not even celebrate Cinco de Mayo. It's literally <laughs> la, la, the city of Puebla. One city in all of Mexico, and then the fucking U.S. wants to take this opportunity to be, you know, drunk. And then have Taco Tuesdays, because it's so much fun. Like, no, I, I completely agree with you. But, like, I, I, it gets me angry, too. And that is the part in me that, like, yes, I may identify as Colombian. Yes, my heart goes out to Dominicans. But, yo, that's kind of like what Crystal was saying. Like, yo, you want to be for me? Like, you, you be like when you fuck with, like, other Spanish countries, like, yo, I feel, like, compelled to, like, be like, nah. This is not okay. I'm going to stand up and be Latina for the whole and be like, yo, this is not okay. I don't like this. I think that everybody, you know, regardless of our differences in between, like, yo, like we need to be respected a little more as a culture, as a whole. Because mm -hmm. if, like you said, like if one country isn't being respected and we're just like being robbed of our, like, of our cultural, like of the things that make us us, like, yo, that's everybody for me. Cause that leaves opportunity for Colombia. Like, there's there already things. The are there already things. Like this is nothing new, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's the pride that comes in me that that comes up in me being Latina, right? It's not just being Colombian because like as a whole, I think our people are beautiful no matter our differences. And you're like I'm really out here trying to like push us forward. <laughs> I feel like you're um, gonna end the conversation here because I'm like, well, Latinidad. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be another seven hours. <laughs> Can you speak on Latinidad just a little bit, please? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you don't gotta tell me twice. Uh <laughs> So I feel like, you know, I do I do love um, your Latina pride. And I think like exactly what you said is spot on. I think that no matter where we're from, we do have to kind of like push forward. And like, you know, if Mexicans are experiencing a lot of like difficulties, like it doesn't matter where you're from. We got to stand up for, for Mexico and do all that stuff. I think with Latinidad specifically, though, I think what the issue is, is that Latinidad kind of takes that pride of like we're gonna stand up for everybody you know like we're all one like we're all latin america and then erases all of the intricacies because i think and that's something that we had talked about earlier in the mm -hmm. episode about like each country it's its own unique thing um and i think like you know i think even when we when people think of latin america like people forget I don't want to say that they forget, but they kind of like don't really think of Brazil as part of like Latin America because they're not a Spanish speaking country. Yeah. But Brazil is Brazil is most of South America. <laughs> Yo, and Brazil cute. is like the hugest part of South America. Um, but because they're not a Spanish-speaking country, like how are they left out of that conversation? But also thinking about race and thinking about the fact that you know Latin American people ha are come from indigenous backgrounds. Like you know there were indigenous uh, people from those specific countries mm -hmm. that were there before we were colonized by Spain or Portugal, whoever uh, we were colonized from. Oh, and also they just put that shit down. The middle basically For <laughs> that's why you have brazil and then the rest of the the continent speaks spanish yeah. right and then you have to think about the the slave trade and how the majority of the slaves that came from africa were brought to brazil i think brazil got about five million slaves that were brought into the country and i think that one i think a big issue within Latin America is the erasure of Black people and how we do not acknowledge that Black people are also Latinx. Um, and I think that that's 
uh, partially due to um, Latinidad because Latinidad kind of is like, okay, like all of these Latinx people, like you are one, like you are this bubble, like this is what we think about you. And it erases like the fact that people are indigenous, the fact that people are white, like there are Latinx people who mm-hmm. are white um, and there are Latinx people who are black. And how do we kind, and I think Latinidad in an effort to maybe unite has kind of erased a lot of that. I agree with you 100%. And I think it's because it's, first, it's about recognizing the differences and being okay with those differences, right? Like, kind of like how we were talking about in the beginning. Like, yeah, there's differences. And I don't want to be grouped as, you know, I don't want you to tell me I'm Mexican or Puerto Rican or Dominican. But also, I don't have a problem with that country. It's just like, you have to recognize that we all, we're huge. We're huge. Like, it's expansive. Like, you can't just group us all as a whole and then want to erase the fact that there are intricacies and details that we're missing. And now we have to identify just as, you know, Latinx. And it's like, let's talk about the differences. Let's, you know, like it goes back to what I said in the check-in, like, yo, get to know yourself and let's be okay with where we, how we're showing up. And like, and I think that's where it begins. I mean, we're talking about massive like amount of people right now, but still it's just, I think culturally it, to group us like that, it, it does erase different parts of ourselves. And like, that's what creates this like no, but what about this? What about that? Like, and there's like a lot of feelings that come right. up. Right, and Latinidad just historically has shown itself to be very anti-indigenous and anti-black, um, and I think that also goes back. You know, we're not gonna get into it because we could probably do a whole episode on Latinidad <laughs> alone, just the concept of Latinidad. But it is something that that is interesting to me because just overall Latinidad has proven itself to be problematic but I think that it also has to do specifically with the specific countries and their like their history is like you know like I'll speak for DR very very quickly and I'll end this this piece of the conversation DR had a dictator for years and years and years who was very anti-black Trujillo, Trujillo exactly Trujillo was very yeah. anti-black and that kind of contributes to a little bit of like the issues within Latinidad when you think about DR as a country and you know the fact that we share island with Haiti and like just the contentious history that has been there and the racism so there's a lot a lot of layers so I don't want to get into it but I definitely mm. ask you to explore a little bit about Latinidad and how that shows up in in our culture and and how it's erased certain aspects of Latino culture. Mm. No, I mean, you got it. (laughs) Keep talking. I could talk about this forever. I I mean, I think I do think we should have an episode on it now that we're talking about it. Like, yo, like these are big topics that we're talking about, like continents, like it scales the continent, like, right? Like, but how is that affecting the individual, right? right? Like, how does that affect someone who does identify as black, who does identify more as ind- indigenous? Like, my mom's indigenous. So if you cancel out indigenous people, I'm canceled out, even though I don't look it, right? Like, so it it's weird. Like, it, so I completely agree with you. I could talk about this for hours, but I will show um, up. Well, we will wrap it up and talk about how being Latina has impacted our identity. So um, I think for me, I've, I've taken being Dominican for granted a little bit because I don't know how consciously I've thought about how being Latina has shown up in my life. Like, I've definitely thought about how being a woman has impacted my life because I feel like when before people see that I'm Latina or anything else I do think that they see that I'm a woman I feel like it's like woman Latina and then like blah 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 so and then I think like you know 
unlike you, I haven't had to choose, you know, like both my parents are Dominican, like my family's hardcore Dominican. So like, I don't feel like I've had to choose like, oh, you know, do I identify as queer? Do I identify as, you know, like I haven't had that. So I think that when I think about being Latina, even uh, like the cultural stereotypes and stuff, like feeling Dominican enough, I think there's a part of me that's kind of always been like, like I'm there, I'm proud, Platanos up. And then there's a part of me that's like, but I'm not enough. Um, so I, I feel like I've always been a mm. little bit confused about how my Latina identity has shaped me. I know that it has shaped me, but I think that it's something that I've not thought of consciously. I don't want to say taken for granted, but not thought of consciously enough to really like understand like how it shaped me. But I, I do feel a lot of, you know, Latinx pride. And I, I think it's just one of those things I have to think about a little bit more. Um, but I did really enjoy this conversation. Mm. And I think it'll help me reflect a little bit further on how it's impacted me. I hope it helps other people reflect too. And like, it, you don't have to be you don't have to identify as like Latinx. I think it's just how you identify, like just thinking about like, yo, did I own this or am I just owning it because, and how come I don't do certain things? And is that okay with me? Right? Like, I think that that's the process and getting to know yourself a little more, but I, I am super proud to be Latina. And it's interesting because I know for such a huge part of my life, I was almost ashamed to say I had pride in it because I knew that I wasn't full Latina, right? Like I'm not fully Colombian. But yo, fuck that. Like, I'm at the point in my life where I'm just like, I love our culture. I love, I just love the people. And I love the energy of our culture and our people, in, like, throughout all the countries, like, across the board. And that is something that really fuels me. And, like, even why I started to be, like, my main reason being a therapist was to be there for my community, which was predominantly Latinx, and give them resources. And, like, I, I've just or help them find resources, right? Like I'm not the end all. For me, it's, it's shaped a huge part of my, my work, uh, how I move in this world. Yo, we didn't even talk about hair, but like how I choose to show up physically and like it, it, and it does every day. Like, cause there are days I look at myself, I'm like, Ooh, girl, you look so Spanish right now. Like (laughs) I feel like putting my Sofia Vergara accent on like, yo, you need to tone it down right like so but even that like recognizing like oh I want to tone it down and it's like why the fuck do I want to tone it down let me just turn this shit up like let's see if that's okay with everybody else and I can't help it like I just feel so proud of it and yeah like I that is a big piece of me so yes thank you for wrapping that up so nicely like that was perfect but all right, everyone, that was our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we would love to hear more about your experiences, whether you're Latinx or from any culture that you are from. Let us know how that has shaped your identity. Are you loud and proud like Sasha? Are you like, oh, shit, like I haven't really thought about this like me <laughs> or any yeah. anything in between? Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Never Told This Pod and you can also email us at nevertoldthispod at gmail.com. And make sure to come back next week so we can tell you what they never told us. <laughs>